0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, August 28th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, a lot to get into today, including recruiting. But let's start with what I think is the biggest story of yesterday, for sure, and even going into this morning. Eight Nebraska football players sued the Big Ten due to the cancellation of the 2020 Football season in the Big Ten. Go Huskers. I love what they're doing there. Um, Just your thoughts on that. Do you think that this might work? I know the Big Ten responded saying there's no merit to it. Do you think anything might come out of this?
1: I'm hoping something does work here. I was reading over um, the filing here, and I think these guys have a legitimate argument when they say, that based off the Big Ten ruling, some of these guys who are headed to the NFL that are on the bubble, it's vastly affecting their value, which I truly believe. And as well as I thought it was interesting that they threw in that it's also devaluing their name, image, and likeness because of the way they're going to be viewed as far as the Big Ten conference. So these guys, they have a they have a case laid out. Will judge move forward with it is to be determined. I think that you should have other guys as far as in the Big Ten jumping in here. If if some Ohio State guys really got in on this lawsuit, that's when you're really going to see it picking up steam. Nebraska's the first through the door. I give them all the credit in the world. They're not going down without a fight. And I think the lawsuit was the next obvious step that needs to take place, considering Kevin Warren and the Big Ten refused to answer any questions. And I find it extremely interesting that Sean Callahan, who covers the, the, the Big Ten for Nebraska who's all over the lawsuit has said that the Big Ten's argument is if they if they show the documents that that the that the people use in order to make this decision, it would be it would be detrimental. It it would really hurt the Big Ten conference. So to me, what are they hiding? And they wanted to cite it that they shouldn't be able to have to disclose the information for only eight players in the lawsuit when reality this lawsuit, yes, it may be brought on by the eight players in Nebraska, but it it really hurts athletes all across the Big Ten because what you're seeing at Iowa is they're losing Olympic sports because of this. So this not only is not it's just not the eight Nebraska players. This affects a lot of people as well as the small businesses and the communities that's going to be hurting this fall because the games aren't going to be played. So at this point, if they're saying that they're trying to keep these documents and information under seal, it, it smells—it smells fishy to me, Dave.
0: No question about it. You hit on it. What are they hiding? Um, you know, and they're—they're they're talking about uh, well, it's only eight players and this and that. And again, to your another point you made. Uh, What if Ohio State decides, you know, let's add about 105 players to this lawsuit uh, and then other, you know, other teams do the same thing. I mean, we know Ohio State wants to play as much or more than anyone. So uh, I imagine if they don't do their own lawsuit, maybe they'll join this one, do kind of like a class action lawsuit. I don't know what the best legal avenue is to take, but I'm glad they're being aggressive with this. Yeah, and just expound on that a little bit. Do you think you'll see something? I know I'm just asking you to spitball here, Jay Book, but you think you'll see something like Ohio State's players? Obviously, they're organizing the the protest at the stadium tomorrow. The parents are of Ohio State's players. Do you think Ohio State's players might uh, do anything similar as far as suing the Big Ten?
1: Originally, I thought you was going to see some form of lawsuit with the players' families because they've been – really out front and they've been given timelines and deadlines to the Big Ten to respond to them. And I thought the next step with them would, would be the parents filing the lawsuit. Now, the, the thing that's interesting is Tom Mars, the attorney who's notorious for helping the players out when it comes to getting into jams with the NCAA is involved. He's asked for a Freedom of Information Act from 13 of the 14 schools. I know Tom Mars has been in contact with Justin Fields' father and family. Will he move forward with a lawsuit? I don't know. But you could make a strong argument for guys who are who are projected to be NFL players that this decision really hurts their draft stock. And I think that is, you can make a legitimate argument that a lawsuit could be warranted in those realms. And if you're looking at the players' Who would be able who would be vastly affected by that a lot of them is on Ohio State's roster. Um, I don't know if a, if a judge rules in a favor to move forward with a lawsuit what will happen next I'm not a, an attorney but I I do think continue to put the heat on the big Ten and Kevin Warren if you're going to cancel this football season at minimum just be transparent. If, a lot of this would be, you know, out the window and probably settled if they just came out and said, this is why we made this decision because of X, Y, Z in information that we have. But as time goes on, you're starting to see a lot of the, the trickle out effect that they said we use this report or that report is starting to be debunked by a lot of medical professionals and saying they shouldn't have used uh, the myocarditis report because it was inconclusive and the data that they used was inaccurate.
0: If the Big Ten does not play football this fall, the Pac-12 does not play football this fall, which is the plan right now, and the SEC plays, the ACC plays, the Big 12 plays, which is the plan for now, and they don't just play, Jay Book, but they're able to finish their season, crown a champion, while Ohio State's sitting at home watching all of this. Will the decision by the Big Ten presidents and Kevin Warren, will it be the biggest blunder in sports history, in your opinion?
1: I absolutely think it will be the biggest blunder. And I, I said this the other day, what you essentially have is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the Big Ten to catch the SEC and the ACC and not only catch them. What I mean is potentially have – multiple teams besides a Ohio State or a Penn State or a Michigan occasionally, that could be double-digit win teams and, and potentially be pay, playoff contender teams. And the reason that I say that is because of the new NCAA rule. They're basically giving kids a free year of eligibility to play. Anyone who who's followed college football knows that live game reps are the most important element of developing someone's game because you can scrimmage you can practice all you want but you cannot simulate having live game reps in the sec big 12 and acc all of those kids true freshmen they're going to play and they're going to come back and still be true freshmen or seniors with with the other teams in the big 10 this is a Valuable, valuable opportunity for them to really develop their roster top down. Because if you were able to get them on the field and play for free, as far as an eligibility concern, you're going to be bringing back fifth year guys who would now be considered six year guys, and fourth year guys will be now who would technically be considered fifth year guys, but they're still going to be considered in their same class. Ohio State's always going to have. Guys that are going to leave early for the NFL, but for the rest of the Big Ten who doesn't have as much NFL exposure, this will be a valuable opportunity for you to stack your roster. Now, now with Kevin Warren and what they're doing, not only are they handling this extremely bad; it, it almost looks like they're self-sabotaging the own con- their own conference. But if you look at the nuts and bolts on it, I agree. I think this will go down as one of the worst sports blunders in the history of college football
0: and of course the Big Ten and, and Pac-12 as of now are trying to kick the can down the road and have a season that would start people are calling it a spring season would really be a winter spring season um and but hey I think it's a ridiculous idea but um you know I, there are people that disagree with me one being Rick Neuheisel I know from talking to you Jay Buck Rick Neuheisel was on SiriusXM talking about that his sources are hearing January 1st, a college football season could start with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, eight games. Are you buying that? And just expound on what you heard from Rick Neuheisel.
1: Yeah, I I don't trust that the Big Ten can come and put together a plan. I mean, they hadn't sent until March, until the, the summer to come up with a plan, and they failed to do that. They're pro- they. I'm sure they feel a lot of heat, so they feel obligated to try to get the ball movement moving, but Rick Neuheisel basically, like you said, essentially said his sources told him in the Pac-12 that it's going to be an eight-game season starting on January 1st. They plan to bring all the kids back right after Thanksgiving as far as the players, and that's when they will start their training camp. Majority of the school believe that after after this semester or quarter they're going to be going remote learning so what you're going to going to have is football players on campus what they would consider a bubble because the student body won't be there so those kids will start training after thanksgiving give them a month to gear up kickoff will be january 1st but the thing is nobody wants to watch jv football dave nobody's asked for this I mean, yes, Northwestern or Maryland or those teams might love it, uh, but as Ohio State, I want to be playing for a national championship. I want to be in the same – Realm as as the Alabama's. If you're a top NFL player, why would you play in that? Especially with the season ending in, in March and it's a shortened season with eight games. And Rick Neuheisel said that the the top teams of the Big Ten will have a showdown with the top teams in the Pac-12. So you could have a Ohio State versus a an Oregon and a Michigan versus a USC and a in a Penn State versus a Arizona State type of matchup like you see in college basketball, but to me, that's just the Big Ten trying to throw something against the wall to see if it sticks. If I were the players and you really want to galvanize uh, you guys working together collectively, I would boycott any talk in regards to winter or spring football. To me, it smells just like a money grab for the Big Ten, and they're trying to stay face. The only, only way this could possibly work, is if the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12 get into the season and they decide we can't do it and we cancel. And now the Big 10 has some form of plan in place to how they can try to make winter and spring football work. That's the only way. And I still don't like it because even if they do pull it off, you have to now shorten the fall season in 2021. i rather I rather we either play this fall or we just sit it out and play in 2021. I mean, I know a lot of people say, just give me football. But to me, I'm looking at the bigger picture here. I'd rather just have a full season where Ohio State can really compete on the national stage again.
0: Let's finish the show talking some recruiting. Great day for Ohio State on the recruiting front. They landed high four-star defensive tackle. Tyleek Williams, he's in the 2021 class. He is the number 10 defensive tackle in the country, number 160 overall prospect in the country in the 2021 class. In fact, that's according to the 24-7 sports composite, and uh, he's actually ranked a little bit higher than that, according to our in-house 24-7 sports rankings, ranked as the number 8 D-tackle, ranked as a top 120 player overall. Big guy, even for a D-tackle at the high school level. Already six foot three, 330 pounds, Buckeyes also have a, a heck of a D-tackle in the class already uh, with Mike Hall. Those guys are going to be a nice combination together. And I really love this skit. Young man out of Virginia and gave his commitment to the Buckeyes yesterday. The Buckeyes now have 19 commitments in their class. Alabama also has 19. And Alabama's, uh, you know, I think they lasted one day with the number one spot. Ohio State's had the number one spot in this 2021 class for since it seems like this class even started. Alabama jumped them for a day. Ohio State jumped them right back yesterday. The Buckeyes now have 302 recruiting points, Jay Book. Bama has 299. We'll see if the Buckeyes can hold off Alabama for the national championship in recruiting. But anyway, great get getting Tyleek Williams.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: As you mentioned,
1: really me, he's a massive guy, 6'3", 30 already. I don't think Ohio State has had a, a true one take D tackle to come in with that type of size since Jonathan Hankins. He's going to be a, a big guy that can really. Um, take up a lot of space and keep the linebackers clean. He's also very explosive, very athletic. If you look at his offers here, Ohio State, uh, one out over 31 other offers that he had, including Alabama and Florida, Florida State, Georgia, a lot of other major powerhouses, LSU. Um, so I, I'm really happy with this. And as you mentioned, the battle between Alabama and, and Ohio State, it's going to come down to the very end there. Um, I think Alabama, they're going to be hitting on their top targets. I think it's going to come down to if Ohio State can secure the the commitments from the two Washington five stars, that right there might seal the deal. I think it's going to come down to that. So I – Either way, one or two, I'm good with it because it's an outstanding class. But just the defensive line haul for this class already is extremely impressive. I know you lost one, you know, high-end defense to commit there, but I'm not worried about that. I just think that Ryan Day, they're doing a lot of picking and choosing. Um, The COVID has really put a hamper in recruiting as far as, uh, getting their top guys back on campus, but they're doing a heck of a job still maintaining relationships. And the thing that I really liked that Tylee Williams said was he thought Larry Johnson was the GOAT when it comes to defensive line coaching. And and he's coming from the DMV area, so that's right in prime time, Larry Johnson's territory. But tip, a tip of the cat to him and Al Washington who really tag-teamed this recruitment. Those guys have been recruiting their butts off this cycle.
0: Very well said. Great insights as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Have a great weekend, Buck Nutters.